You're listening to a podcast from Father Peter Smith, St. Columbus Parish, North Leichhardt, on the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time and the feast day of St. Mary of the Cross, McKinnop. And now here's Father Peter. Tonight's reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, I'm telling you not to worry about your life and what you are to eat nor about your body and what you are to wear. Surely life is more than food and the body more than clothing. With the birds in the sky, they do not sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they are? Can any of you, however much you worry, add a single cubit to your span of life? Why worry about clothing? Think of the flowers growing in the fields. They never have to work or spin. Yet I assure you that not even Solomon in all his royal robes was clothed clothed like one of these. Now, if that is how God clothes the wild flowers growing in the field, which are there today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, will he not much more Look after you, you who have sometimes so little faith. So do not worry. Do not say, what are we to eat? What are we to drink? What are we to wear? It is the pagans who set their hearts on all these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need them all. Set your hearts on his kingdom first and on God's saving justice. And all these other things will be given you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, this Sunday is the Feast of Mary of the Cross MacKillop. Mary, of course, was a a wonderful, wonderful woman. And I I think it's it's probably good just to, to recap for us a little bit of the story of her life. We probably all know it pretty well. Mary was born on the 15th of January in 1842. Did you know what her middle name was? Helen. Mary Helen Mickel. I know you'd know, Therese. In 1866, she was invited to, to go to Panola by Father Julian Tennyson Woods. She was only a young girl at that stage, of course, only, what, 24? And so she went over to Panola in South Australia and with Julian Tennyson Woods established a number of schools. What was significant was that Mary saw the need for people who were poor to have schooling. Of course, those who were wealthy always managed to get educated. But it was the poor that Mary focused on and and Julian Tennyson Woods together. And so they established schools and then Together they recognised that they had an ongoing mission in the church in Australia. And so together they established the Sisters of St Joseph of the Sacred Heart. Their schools gradually spread right across Australia. And we would think, well, what a wonderful thing that was. How great for our society. But not everybody agreed with some of Mary's ways of doing things. The Bishop of Brisbane, when they went up there, he didn't like what she did very much, and so they were asked to leave Brisbane 
at one stage. Returning to Adelaide and to Melbourne, Mary continued the work. But then there was a, a problem with the bishop there. The bishop, whose name was Shields at the time, he wanted to be in charge of the schools. But Mary said, no, we are doing this and our group of sisters will look after the schools. So there became this conflict. Now, part of that conflict was also about the fact that Mary never wanted to receive government funding because if she did that, she would lose control and her sisters would lose control over the school education program. Well, that battle went on for quite a while and eventually Bishop Shields excommunicated Mary. Those younger ones, of course, that means she got kicked out of the church. But being a strong woman, she was not going to let that deter her. She continued with her work. And after some years, she was once again reconciled with Bishop Shields and with the church. But it was kind of only on Bishop Shields' deathbed that that occurred. During that time, a man by the name of Emmanuel Solomon gave Mary MacKillop rent-free two houses to continue her schooling in. One of the significant things about him was he wasn't a Catholic. He wasn't even a Christian. Mr Solomon was a Jew. And I think that kind of says something to us also about Mary's life. Some of the things that, that I kind of have picked up about Mary that I think were most important was firstly that very early on, she saw two principles as being most important. The commitment of the sisters to poverty and secondly, trusting in the providence of God. In other words, believing that no matter what happened, God would always look after her and her sisters who were trying to do his work. The other thing, of course, was that she saw continually that it was about the poor and the needy in our society. She tried to educate those who were most marginalised. One of the problems that she had with Bishop Shields was that they, they didn't take in wealthy young girls into the schools was only basically the poor and the needy. And so she was operating continually on the charity of people within the diocese to support them. Well, uh, Mary, of course, died on the 8th of October in 1909, and she was canonised on the 17th of October in 2010. Now I just want to talk very quickly about the Sisters of St Joseph today. I myself was educated by the Sisters of St Joseph, and I always think what wonderful women they were. The sister who taught me when I was in kindergarten, she had only come out from Ireland a few years before. She was very, very young. Well, maybe when I was in kindergarten, I didn't see that. Guess how many were in our class? 92. One poor sister, not very well schooled in how to teach, was trying to manage 92 of us precocious kindergarten children and help to teach us. And I, I constantly think about her and I, I admire her enormously, not just for her commitment to her faith and her religious order, but her commitment to us kids who gained so much from her. Just after Mary was canonised, I was lucky enough to be up in Timor-Leste, in East Timor. I was there because we'd been looking after some schools up there and trying to work with the Sisters of St Joseph. And I went out and visited a number of the schools that they'd established and that we tried to financially support. 
Sister Josephine Mitchell was one of the driving forces behind that. And she was very much like, and still is, very much like Mary McKillop. She's a tough woman. She takes no prisoners. And she has this wonderful concern for the poor and the needy. So while I was up there, we were travelling in an old Land Rover. And its name was Josephine. It was named after Josephine Mitchell. So I thought this was pretty funny, riding around in a, an old Land Cruiser named after a religious sister. They then had a celebration in Dilly Cathedral for the canonisation of Mary McKillop. And the bishop celebrated that mass. And I was lucky enough to be able to celebrate it. The, the head of the order at the time was Sister Anne Derwin. And I knew Anne well because we had gone to the same school together at the same time in Beverly Hills. And she too was a very strong and courageous woman. Our parish has been very blessed to have the influence of the Sisters of St. Joseph over time. We all, of course, know and love Sister Ellie and the inspiration that she's been to us in our parish and her long, long commitment to our primary school. We're very blessed to have Therese with us tonight and, and as a member of our community. As probably most of you know, over time, the way in which the Sisters of St. Joseph have operated has changed. They no longer have a huge presence in Catholic education in the same way that they used to, to be in schools. There's lots and lots of reasons about that. But the one thing that I admire about the Josephites is that they still live that spirit of Mary McKillop. They still have this concern for the poor and the needy in our society. They have, over the last 20 or 30 years, reinvented themselves and taken on new ministries. And those ministries include ministries of justice and care for the poor and the needy. I'm working at the moment with Sister Jan Barnett, who has this great concern for refugees and people seeking asylum. Susan Connolly continues to work and seek justice for the people in East Timor. They also continually remind me to put my trust in God. That gospel today is so appropriate for Mary McKillop's feast day. I don't know about you, but it's one of the gospels that always challenges me because I find it often so difficult not to believe that I have to be the one who works for the needs of this world, but rather to, to be able to put my trust in God, to sit back and, and believe that this is God's world. He is the one who created, looks after and sustains our world. And I love that line that says, how much more are you worth than the birds of the air? And so it reminds us again constantly that we are God's precious gift, that God will always be there, present in our midst, loving us, caring for us. And just as Mary McKillop trusted in God, she developed this ecumenism and working with people who are outside of our faith. She was a person who, like many Australians, challenged authority and challenged them to be better in what they were doing, both inside and outside of the church. I think she is an example to us. She's a reminder to me that, as today's gospel said, that I must place my trust in God, knowing that he cares for us, loves us, supports and sustains us in our lives. Thank you for listening to Father Peter's podcast. Please join us each Saturday at 5 p.m. live via the link or phone number below.